0: Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ears for your listening convenience. December 24th, 2020. Initiating FUBO with a sell rating and an $8 target price. We're initiating coverage of FUBO with a sell rating and an $8 one year target price based on 7.5 multiple of 2025 advertising contribution margin discounted back at 15% for four years. FUBO. New York Stock Exchange 5259 last close may be the most compelling short we've ever identified in our career as analysts. Over the past few months, we have seen numerous examples of companies with valuations that defy logic. We understand the broader market dynamics at play, with cheap money and an exuberant retail investor. However, the run up in Fubo shares is just plain egregious in our view. Earlier this week on CNBC, Fubo co-founder and CEO David Gandler tried to explain why, quote unquote, investors are so excited about Fubo. He said the company, quote, sits at the intersection of three megatrends. The first is the secular decline of television viewers. The second is the shift of TV ad dollars to connected devices. And third, the fact that Fubo airs over 50,000 sporting events on its platform. We also sit at the intersection of wagering, end quote. Dissecting the quote, number one, Secular decline of television viewing is a negative for Fubo. The good news for Fubo is that with 78 million MVPD, VMVPD subscribers today, Fubo's TAM appears quite large compared to its current 455,000 subscriber base. Within the 78 million subscribers today, we estimate nearly 12 million VMVPD and 66 million facilities-based MVPD subscribers. There's likely to be share shift to VMVPD such as Fubo, away from facilities-based MVPDs. But that's where the good news ends. The overall subscriber universe is shrinking. Thus far in 2020, we estimate the industry has lost 2.5 million total subscribers, down about 5 to 6% year over year. This is a secular trend, not a one-year phenomenon. Over the next five years, we expect total MVPD vMVPD subs to fall to 55 million subs, losing around 5 million subs per year on average, with an ultimate bottoming somewhere between forty and fifty million subscribers. Already, all new buzzworthy general entertainment programming content X Sports is launching on streaming, not inside the bundle. This will accelerate with a dramatic ramp in content for Disney Plus, Hulu, HBO Max, Apple TV Plus, Peacock, Amazon Prime Video, plus the coming launch of Discovery Plus and Paramount Plus. The MVPD VMVPD subscription will eventually be only for diehard sports fans and and to a lesser degree, those that love cable news. However, that assumes major sports stay within the bundle, and that major sports networks like ESPN do not attempt to go D to C. Disney's already intimated that it is a matter of when, not if, ESPN goes D to C. In other words, the bottom is far, far below 40 million subs. In the meantime, with sports the key reason to subscribe, Fubo bills itself as the ideal solution for sports fans, as does Hulu Live and YouTube TV. Unfortunately, that is simply not true. All three are far cheaper than their facilities-based MVPD peers, with superior user experiences, including portability. But for die-hard sports fans, none are ideal solutions. All three have dropped a majority of RSNs over the past year, and Fubo does not even carry the Turner Networks, which hold significant sports rights for the NBA, March Madness, and postseason MLB. In addition, a pure sports bundle has been impossible to create. The VMVPDs have all realized they still need cross-subsidization of a broader array of programming, meaning uh, that have a far better efficiency, viewership versus cost, than sports alone, even as general entertainment viewership is largely elsewhere. This explains why you've seen VMVPDs carry AMC, Viacom, and Discovery over the past couple of years. Plus, large programming groups that own sports rights continue to force bundling with other networks. The end result has been increasingly bloated bundles of content and dramatic, dramatic step-ups in retail consumer prices. With the understanding the sub-universe is going to shrink, the next question is what share VMVPs will ultimately have. We believe half, if not more, of the multi-channel subscriber base will require a facilities-based MVPD that actually meets the needs of diehard sports fans. Even if VMVPDs add additional networks and cost, the facilities-based MVPDs will still benefit from the power of inertia, the longevity of their subscribers, and the value subscribers find in bundling broadband, fixed and wireless with video. At best, we believe that leaves half of the the 45 million subs for the VMVPDs as a cheaper replacement to facilities-based MVPDs. That implies that the VMVPD universe could double from eleven and a half million subs today with YouTube TV, Hulu live and Sling at nearly ten million subs today we would assume we would assume those three could nearly double. Could Fubu grow to two million subs over five years it's possible, but it will probably take longer than five years but growing to five to ten million feels unrealistic given their starting point and the lack of product differentiation. If the entire VMVPD universe is going to grow by 11 million subscribers over the next six to seven years, it's hard to believe that Fubo, with 500,000 subs, could comprise the 41% of VMVPD net ads required to get to 5 million, let alone capture 86% of the growth to get to 10 million subs. Even if Fubo gets to 2 plus million subs in 2025, we need to look at profitability, and the standalone video business is simply not very profitable in the case of the wired mvpds this is less relevant with bundled broadband fixed and wireless the drivers of profitability vmvpds have no other source of revenue beyond potentially higher advertising revenue which we'll address shortly assuming no revenue outside of subscription fees we believe fuba will be at best a zero gross margin business in maturity the combination of programming costs marketing costs tech and gna will offset arpu in our model we actually do not even have subscription revenue crossing covering all of those costs by 2025, but let's be generous and assume it actually happens. In turn, the future of Fubo is based on whether they can utilize their growing subbase to generate positive contribution margin away from the core subscription video ARPU. This They center this story around connected television advertising revenue and sports betting. We're deeply skeptical of the magnitude of both revenue streams. Connected TV ad dollars growing rapidly, but offset by viewership headwinds. Fubo currently generates about $7 of advertising revenue per sub per month. The bull story is that it can grow to $20 per sub per month in the future. Net of commission costs of 15%, this would yield $17 of advertising contribution margin per sub per month, which annualizes to about $200 per sub. The benchmark often cited is that facilities-based MVPDs generate $10 per sub per month of ad revenue with largely untargeted advertising. Albeit that has improved meaningfully in the past few years, especially at Comcast. That said, Hulu Live, leveraging not just its VMVPD subs, but its 30 plus million SVOD subscribers, two thirds of which are ad supported, is only generating about $10 per Hulu Live sub per month from highly targeted advertising. Hulu's invested heavily in ad tech and sales infrastructure just to get to its current rate. Hard to believe Fubo can drive ad ARPU to $20 per sub per month without substantial investment in advertising technology and sales, impacting the net benefit from the growth of those revenues. With 2 million subs in five years, with ad ARPU at $20 per sub per month, that would imply that 28 million of annual run rate revenue, ad revenue, can grow to 480 million. Even if we ignore likely higher-than-expected advertising costs, reaching $480 million in ad sales by 2025, $400 million net using the aforementioned 85%, feels like a stretch when you think of how TV viewership is changing. Beyond the aforementioned acceleration of cord cutting, viewership of linear TV is collapsing, with the only reason to turn on linear TV increasingly for sports and news. Not to mention, news viewership is going to be down sharply over the next few years compared to the President Trump era and sports viewership has seen steep declines even as sports has come back during the pandemic, as Lightshed's Brandon Ross discussed in his recent post. Rapidly dropping linear TV viewership as eyeballs shift to SVOD, AVOD, fast viewing reduces the long-term connected TV advertising opportunity at Fubo and its VMVPD peers, increasing pressure on CPMs to grow as viewership falls. To make advertising prospects even dimmer for Fubo, now consider that more and more sports content, is shifting from cable TV to broadcast TV. It's increasingly consensus that Monday Night Football will shift to ABC in 2022. That matters for Fubo, as MVPDs, VMVPDs only get two minutes of advertising per hour to sell on cable networks and must retransmit broadcast feeds as is, meaning no two minutes of advertising to resell on broadcast channels. In turn, the more sports content that shifts to broadcast TV and or C streaming, the less sports-driven advertising inventory Fubo will have to monetize. Lastly, while many try to compare Fubo to Roku, that is apples and oranges, Roku makes money whether you watch Fubo or an uh, Avod platform, fast platform like Pluto, and as a gatekeeper and apparently and appears increasingly well positioned to demand a share of subscription revenue, even if advertising dries up long term. None of that exists for Fubo or other VMVPDs. As linear TV viewership falls, the advertising headwinds they face grow. We suspect Fubo's ad revenue per sub per month will ultimately be far greater than $10 per sub per month over the next five years. But $20 feels overly aggressive. We're currently modeling a generous $17 per sub per month by 2025. Number three, sports betting is a fantasy. Fubo has yet to explain how they plan to make money from sports betting beyond they have a substantial number of sports fans that subscribe to their VMVPD service. They acquired a failed free-to-play startup called Balto which has no product or revenue or even a website. Investors began to view Fubo as the next FanDuel or DraftKings for no reason other than management has been talking up the long-term potential of sports betting without specifics. First, with only half a million subscribers spread out across the country, with many in states that have not legalized gambling, Fubo is at a huge disadvantage versus its sports betting peers. Second, sports betting is about local scale and markets that have legalized sports betting. Even if Fubo has 2 million subscribers in 5 years spread out across the country, its scale in individual states will be tiny. In addition, Fubo has no obvious casino partner that would facilitate its access to states that have legalized gaming. Not even clear they can gain access to a skin in key existing legalized sports betting iGaming markets. Third, sports betting on TV screens, the primary place Fubo is consumed, presents major regulatory and consumer issues. Even if Fubo partners with a sportsbook, it may need to go through extensive regulatory review to enable betting on its platform. Even more problematic is that betting on TV screens in a family living room creates substantial risk that underage bettors could gain access. Even if Fubo is willing to take that risk, it's highly likely Fubo would be required to log out users from sports betting functionality every 15 minutes, akin to what happens on mobile devices today. However, logging you out of your TV is a far bigger consumer hassle than logging you out of your phone. Whenever we get logged out of a TV Everywhere app on our big screen device, it drives us crazy. If Fubo's sports betting opportunity is more about being an affiliate driving people to sports books like FanDuel or DraftKings, the revenue opportunity would appear quite small. Given the apparent sports fan-focused nature of Fubo's subscriber base today and in the future, we suspect most of their subscribers that would bet are already betting on a major sports betting platform such as FanDuel or DraftKings. For all of the reasons above, we believe the sports betting opportunity at Fubo is irrelevant to its revenues over the next five years and has become dramatically overhyped within Fubo's valuation. One more thing. What about exclusive sports rights? Fubo was recently asked about buying exclusive sports rights to differentiate itself from its VMVPD peers. You can watch the Voices of Wall Street interview embedded within our post at the 1452 mark and leads investors to believe it's possible. With only $240 million or so in cash on Fubo's balance sheet, with the company burning cash quarterly, we find it hard to fathom how they could buy any meaningful sports rights without a multi-billion dollar equity offering first. Any meaningful rights package costs hundreds of millions of dollars per year, more money Fubo simply does not have. On the flip side, we do believe it's possible that one of Fubo's peers, such as YouTube TV, buys a major sports rights package such as Sunday Ticket, utilizing its current subscriber base that is over $3 million in the and its balance sheet scale of Google. A major sports rights acquisition by one of Fubo's peers could substantially damage its long-term subscriber prospects and make the 2 million subscribers in 5 years impossible to attain. Our history with Fubo. Investors in Fubo need to understand how the com- how the story has flip-flopped and changed so significantly over the past 4 years. The constantly evolving nature of Fubo and its substantial underperformance compared to its original subscriber goals makes it difficult to have confidence in the current management story. Co-founder and CEO David Gandler deserves tremendous credit. He's not only scrappy and incredibly driven to succeed, he has pivoted constantly to not only stay alive but create value for his investors. To be honest, prior to the face bank transaction earlier this year, we weren't sure Fubo would even survive 2020. It was unable to raise capital given the lack of investor confidence in the VMVPD unit economics and business model. Turning Fubo into an $8.5 billion company currently that broke $10 billion in value earlier this week is nothing short of amazing. We met Fubo TV founder and CEO David Gandler back in February 2016. Having worked in local cable TV ad sales and then helping build Korean content streaming platform Drama Fever, Gandler believed the time was right to disrupt the multi-channel video market by launching a VMVPD. Dish had announced the launch of Sling at CES in 2015. What impressed us most about Gandler was how he was rethinking what the bundle needed to look like and how he believed Fubo could operate with a far leaner cost structure than its peers. Unfortunately, Fubo has evolved from what was truly a unique product to more of a Me Too product that is largely undifferentiated from its peers beyond a few regional sports networks in markets like New York or Boston. In early 2016, Fubo was a $9.99 per month service focused largely on soccer, headlined by a recent Univision agreement with 15 employees having raised $3 million in capital. FUBU talked openly about not wanting all content like their MVPD peers to differentiate themselves. By mid-2016, they had 70,000 subs and were talking about how they would ultimately need to add programming, with survey work showing that a $40 to $50 price point was the sweet spot for subscriber acquisition versus their facilities-based MVPD universe. Interestingly, Fubo was talking about the potential to have over 1 million subscribers by year-end 2018 in early 2016, whereas today it's less than half of that. In October 2017, we interviewed Gandler at our Media Disruptors event Embedded Below. At that point, he talked about a service that cost $40 to $45 per month, but did not have Disney or ESPN networks, nor the Turner networks. Much of the conversation focused on the importance of local content, particularly the RSNs, with the view that sports was tribal, and that Fubo, was about focusing on the passionate local sports fan and sacrificing national sports content from TBS, TNT, ESPN, and ESPN2. Most interesting was how he also talked down Hulu Live, which launched in beta in May 2017. Hulu Live has now grown to over 4 million subscribers. Worth noting that Gandler also talks about how other services pay lip service to being sports-focused, but are really general entertainment services. When you look at Fubo Today, channel lineup here, It effectively looks just like Hulu Live and YouTube TV, both of which use a similar pitch aimed at sports fans. Fubo has sports for sure, but it now has MTV, Discovery, FX, Disney Channel, Fox News, etc. Today, Fubo costs $65 per sub per month in line with YouTube TV and Hulu Live, and has had to drop the Sinclair-owned regional sports networks and the Turner Networks, which it actually just added in 2018, to make room for the Disney ESPN family of networks that likely cost Fubo upwards, of $19 per sub per month, including retrans for ABC. Effectively, the Fubo local sports story has been transformed into a national sports and general entertainment service that looks similar to other VMVPDs and has less sports content than its facilities-based, albeit more expensive MVPD peers. Valuation coming into 2020, we thought Fubo was worth hundreds of millions at best, not billions. With our model showing less than $100 million of adjusted EBITDA in 2025. Even a 20 multiple of 2025 EBITDA only yields $2 billion, or $12 to $13 per share four years out, implying a mid-single-digit net present value, discounting back at 15%. Note, we're using 158 million shares to account for 25 to 26 million of options and warrants to realize a fully diluted share count. Alternatively, let's put our entire focus on advertising revenue, as some do for Roku. It feels nearly impossible to have any confidence that $28 million of ad revenue today can turn into $369 million we have in our model by 2025, let alone the $480 million we talked about in the management bull case using $20 per sub per month earlier. Note, we'll assume subscription ARPU and added feature ARPU nets out all other costs, albeit our model still shows negative adjusted EBITDA ex-advertising even in 2025. Using our model's aforementioned $369 million of advertising revenue in 2025, 2 million subs at $17 per month per sub of ad revenue, with an 85% net to Fubo yields advertising contribution margin of $310 million in 2025. With $310 million of advertising contribution margin in 2025, let's put a 5 multiple yielding $1.5 billion of value in 2025, whereas a 10x multiple yields $3.1 billion in 2025. Discount that back at 15% given the lack of visibility and confidence we have in those forecasts yields a one-year target price of 5 to 11 compared to the current stock price of 53. Given our lack of confidence that subscription ARPU can offset costs beyond advertising in 2025 and the risk to the 2 million subscriber target, we could actually argue for a higher discount rate than 15%. For simplicity, we're going to use an $8 one-year target, midpoint of the 5 to 10 multiple, which yields 85% downside from current levels. In turn, we're initiating coverage with a sell rating. If you'd like a copy of our model, please email us and we'll send you a copy. Risks to our valuation and price target. Number one, Fubo is able to grow subscribers significantly above our forecast of 2 million by 2025. Number two, Fubo is able to grow advertising revenue to far above $20 per sub per month by 2025. Number three, Fubo is able to bring down the price of programming or drop programming without losing subscribers or impacting subscriber growth. Number four, Fubo figures out a way to generate meaningful revenues from sports betting. Number five, Fubo is acquired by one of its VMVPD peers who looks to accelerate consolidation.